And we're good. Boom. Welcome to this week's episode of the Two Point Culture. Chase, how you living? It's all gravy over here, man. How you doing? All good over here. We've had some technical difficulties. Got to record this one off the phone. But uh, we make it work here at the Two Point Culture. We figure things out. Troubleshooting is... <laughs> Troubleshooting is our thing now, right? Like, I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Call we're, it not, we're nothing with we're not adaptable, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh before we get this started though, we dive into some juicy NFL news because it's training camp season. Absolutely. I got a quick personal question for you. All right, shoot. Late at night, go to snack. What is it? Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Go to snack late at night. Sheesh. I'm I'm big on fruits, so I like like right now, especially because it's the summer. You know, watermelon, cherries. Um, nice. Get the mango going. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm big on my my uh, fruit health tip right now. How about you? Love it. So I'm gonna take an off opposite spin on this uh, health <laughs> kick over here. Um. Yeah, if it's late at night and yeah, I gotta go with the Chips Ahoy cookies right now. Yeah. <laughs> Something simple, basic, but damn, it hits the spot. Okay, let, 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 let me let me be human for a bit and not be like, hey, I'm just some. Um, <laughs> you know, Doritos has like a place in my oh, heart forever. That's, yeah, that's a smart one. Couple couple sweet chili heats there, and you're ready to roll. A little sour cream on the side. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that. That's a yeah. that's also a great chip for football season. I know, man. It's so close. I can't wait. We we about to stock up over here. <laughs> Yo, did you, uh, did you ever try those roulette ones? Yeah, I did. I was, ah, yeah, right. Like, I was like, I'll stick with the cool ranch at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. I agree with you on this one. Well, it is football season. We've got officially, some, officially, we've got some AFC East previews to look forward to. But before we get into that. I know you had a fantasy football question because we, well, let's be honest, fantasy football is around the corner. Um, month of August, some people start drafting and then all this, well, leading up until probably the first game of the season. For sure. What's what's going on here? You, you did a mock draft and you, you well, actually, you've done a couple of mock drafts and it I've seems like you come up, you come up with the one situation. So it doesn't matter what position I've drafted in. Okay, and this is a standard league, right? This is a standard league, no PPR, um, no flex, three wide receivers. And it seems to me that I'm getting either a sign from the universe that I keep ending up with Kyler Murray and Kyle Pitts. Okay. Now, in comparison, the one draft I did not get them, which is the one that I finished right before you got on. Mm Mm-hmm. My quarterback ended up being Lamar Jackson. This was me drafting at 12th from this position. And my tight end ended up being Travis Kelsey. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. So I know Atlanta is under a coaching regime or a quarterback change. I know that Kyler's going to have some questions around him, especially. Well, I mean, I know they removed the four hour study clause now. (laughs) Yes. But who would you rather have as a combo? I'll take the Lamar 
Travis. Lamar Tom, Travis. But okay, wait. But let, let's. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. All right. All right. So the reason why I would maybe lean Kyler and Pitts, that would mean that you probably would stack up maybe on the running back or wide receiver position. Because let's be, you're probably getting Kyler a little later than than Lamar. Fair enough. I believe I. Uh, if I can remember where I got him, hold on. Because uh, for me, for me, after I, I don't, I'm not a huge believer in you need a top quarterback, right? Like I don't think you need the Patrick Mahomes of the world. I think you can, you need to get into the top, let's say the top five, six QBs mm-hmm. to be consistent at a fantasy level. Right. Um, Kyler and Lamar to me are pretty much almost interchangeable. I think you're going to have some really good weeks, but I think you're also going to have some weeks where I won't say you're, you're looking to find a streamer, but there might be some matchups where I, I wouldn't be so keen on, on playing those two guys. Uh, oddly enough, I as I looked at the recap of that draft, the last two drafts I did, I got both of them in round six. So one was 6-12, which was Lamar, and 6 Sixth round, fourth pick was Kyler. See, I would take Lamar for that. For that, if I'm mm. going with a, a pick like that, I would take him. I take him there. Makes sense. I, I agree with you on that. I again, I just find them very interchangeable. So now it becomes. It really comes down to: Do you want to grab the tight end early in Kelsey, or would you rather stock up probably on a better wide receiver, um, and go with? And go with Pitts to compliment him. I mean, I believe when actually the first, the very first mock draft I did, I ended up with Kyle Pitts in the third round. Okay. I ended up with Justin Herbert in the fifth. And the wide receiver I had, I believe, oh, it was Devontae Smith. That's solid. That's solid. That's a solid little building block that you got going there. It's tough, man. I'm excited for fantasy season, though. And I did, I did one thing. I had to, I had to make a decision this year. I can't do three leagues. I can't justify doing three leagues with all the free time I don't have. So, I officially stepped away from one. Now we're just down to two. <laughs> all right. So, how do you feel about this? Uh. <laughs> My phone, my, my phone immediately blew up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what? You're out? No, no, no. I was like, no, I'm out of this league. I'm still in the other one with you guys. Don't worry. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's tough. When you manage three, like, I don't know if I applaud anybody who can manage three to four leagues or even more. Um, I just find <laughs> it's not really fun because you end up sharing for players that are playing for your team and then pl- you're playing against. So, <laughs> And, and if you have the same player on, like, both teams and, like, you go down, you're screwed two ways. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. I don't know. Just so much more stress. Um, so, welcome to the two-league uh, two club, as, yeah, as man. I call it. Two-league club for the two-PC. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Chase and I will probably we'll probably do a little mock draft special. For sure. Kind of pick each other's brains of where we think maybe – or where we maybe where we would lean depending on where we're drafting. Uh, PPR or half point? We'll do half point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, cool.
Well, with that said, let's get to it. Get to it. AFC time. Who, in the East. Who, who do you want to start with, Zach? Who, who gets the first bullet? <laughs> I want to talk about the team that made some pretty big changes. Okay. Some would even say they made a splash. Ah, let's see where we're going here. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. I like this. Miami. Another, another year, another Tua, is he the quarterback of the future? Thought process, questioning that's leading up into this season. Right. Where do you stand on Tua? I mean, I don't know. I need to see it. I, And it's really, really tough at this point because I would like to have more leeway with him. But now, obviously, we know uh, the Miami Dolphins went around and hired Mike McDaniels. Mm-hmm. I think as a result of that, Tua's offensive play options will open up just by that, the addition of Tyreek Hill, uh, the additions of Cedric Wilson as well on that offense, shoring up that offensive line. It's... It's been a really, really great offseason for the Miami Dolphins. They added mm-hmm. a lot of speed at running back, but by signing both Mostert and uh, Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. I just – I need to see what that playbook looks like. It takes time for a playbook to be instilled, as we've discussed before. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't call what I'm going to see out of Tua. However, I can say that the hitting Tyreek Hill in stride – um, rumor that was an issue at the beginning when they first got him doesn't seem to be that big of an issue anymore. As the oh. highlight just came to my phone of Tyree catching a sixty-yard bomb from Tua in stride. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm pro Tua. I think everybody on this podcast kind of knows this. I, I I mean, I think the first year was a bit of a write-off. He was coming back from an injury. Uh, second year had his moments, but. This is year three now. Well, hold on. Year one, I'm also going to give him a slide because that dance with Ryan Fitzpatrick that Brian Flores was doing for him wasn't mm-hmm. the most beneficial thing for him. No. It's understandable why. They treated it like baseball, an opener and a closer. But it's very hard for your quarterback to stay in rhythm when you're getting pulled out of the game by halftime. Well, yeah, and it's also just hard on the receivers, right, to develop a, set, a sort of rapport with – a quarterback, right? Get some Absolutely. chemistry going when unfortunately you just, you can't, you don't have the same guy throwing you the ball each and every down. That's, Correct. that's a tough pill to swallow on Correct. their side. Just the timing of routes, like you need to establish that. And I, I personally, Oh, let's, you know, let's talk about this too. Two is left-handed. That also makes a bit that of a difference. Part. You know, that like part. that just changes up. Like that play call might be a little bit easier to go inside versus outside just because of the way the ball is going to be delivered on the left or the right, um, depending on how you're lining up on the line of scrimmage, right? Like if you're running, if you're running a curl, it might be easier to curl to one side where he can hit you in stride with a um, with the spin on the ball going left versus going right. Also, huge so, note. Also, huge note for uh, to his protection. Don't forget to that offensive line they added to Ron Armstead. Yeah, that's a huge thing. And, you know, to, to his credit, having Teddy Bridgewater as your backup quarterback should also help. Absolutely. And, you know, for Miami, that 
that gives you a little bit more insurance, especially if he does struggle, which I'm expecting him to struggle at some parts, like some parts of the season. But yeah, let's talk about that offensive line first. So getting at Armstead from New Orleans, that's, that was a huge get. Huge steal. They also added, sorry, I had it right in front of me. Well, another year of Liam Etchenberg at left guard should help out as well. They also took Connor Williams from Dallas, mm-hmm. who 34 games, including two playoff games last year, it's played a hell of a amount of snaps in his four-year career. So that's good, too. You have stability and somebody that's proven that they can be available. Yeah. It's Things are looking up for them, as long as, you know, everybody can get on the same page as Mike McDaniels at this point. Talking about... Yeah, so for offensive line, I do like what they're doing. I, th- I think it's a good f- fundamental blocks. They they seem to have a pretty young, minus obviously Armstead offensive yeah. line. Uh, that could maybe affect them going forward, just because of the inexperience. One thing I will probably like to add, though, doesn't seem like there's too much depth behind their five starters. So if one guy goes out with an injury, especially if it's a long term injury. They might be able, they might be struggling a little bit. You touched upon something that when you were talking about the running backs. So you have Chase Edmonds, you have Raheem Mostert. They also added Sonny Michelle. True. And you still have Miles Gaskin on this squad. Yep. Do you think Miles Gaskin needs to, to have a strong camp to make this team? I, I do. And I also because remember Savon Savon uh Ahmed is right behind him too. Yeah. And he had his little stints with the Chargers a couple of years ago. So we, we know everybody here is kind of a threat to their job. I think the only two that are securing that running back room are really Mostert and um, Edmonds. And Edmonds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that entire room is going to be uh, – they're so going to be so fast. It's going to be really, really – I can't wait to see the match up. I can't. Yeah, and I mean, it could be – it, it could work right away, or mm-hmm. this could take a long time, and we only see the true Miami Dolphins get hot towards the end of the season, right? Like, I don't know how quickly this playbook is going to be implemented where all these running backs can show their strength of, of their quickness and how, like, you know, how fast they really are. Well, add to that the fact I, I expect them to be better than they were last year as I have their me too. Uh, offensive rank right in front of me. They were ranked – oh, wait, no. Yeah, they were ranked 25th. Yeah, that's, there's no chance they're going to be 25th. They, they can. Not with those weapons, not with that offensive mind. No. I I think there's a huge upgrade there for them on the offensive standpoint of the ball anyways. Cedric what Wilson you, is going to be a going pretty, pretty, pretty underrated wide receiver going yep. into this too. Keep that in mind. That was a huge loss for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I was actually going there just now. I think the addition of um, – Cedric Wilson Jr. was is huge for them. The guy is a burner. And another guy that you can match up. You can throw him around anywhere, actually. Yeah. You could probably even line him up as a, as a running back in some, yep. some instances. Decent with the it, 50-50 ball, too. I'm not going to lie. The one guy that I'm a little bit, I'm going to say, not worried about, but just cautious about right now is Jalen Waddle. Okay. The only reason why I'm a little cautious about him is, is as the season goes on, I feel like trying to get Tyreek his number of like targets and, and a certain number of catches per game is going to be a bit of a priority. 
just because you're paying that guy all that money. You got to justify that contract. Correct. I'm a little bit worried for Waddle just in terms of development. If this is actually maybe a, a, a step back this year, I'm not okay. saying, how can I say this? Cause I don't know if he will take a step back from a stats point of view, but more of a, just an, like a total development in terms of like his skill set, And I, I think he won't be making the same strides as maybe another second year wide receiver. I wouldn't be too afraid of that. I think that there's a good mentor for him there in Tyree Hill. I understand Tyree Hill has to get uh, acclimated or accustomed to um, how Tua throws the ball in game and in game scenarios. Mm-hmm. But for Jalen Waddle, this is just probably another day at the office. He has somebody around him that helps him sharpen his tools on top of, you know, that will, as we all get into that defense after, but mm-hmm. he, he's got a good surrounding. I think Mike McDaniels will do anything to open him up. I don't expect him because there was a stipulation of, or the speculation, I should say, of him being used like Debo Samuel. And I wouldn't really worry about that because you're talking about two entirely different molds of players. Debo yeah. is heavier than, than Jalen. Uh, he's, you know, obviously answering to Kyle Shanahan's playbook, which Mike Bedanos is going to be a branch off yeah. of that tree. But I don't think that it, I, I think if you have to categorize him as somebody from the Niners, for example, I think you get more of a Brandon Ayuk. Mm. Okay. Instead of uh, Debo Samuel out of Jalen Waddle this season. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Um, nobody's talking, but they also added Senu. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that's, that's, a, that, that's huge. Yeah, I like that as a just a guy who he can come in. He understands the offense because he was in San Francisco before. Uh, help out the young receivers like like a Waddle, like a Wilson. Yeah. Um, also to be a mentor for Trent Sherfield as well. Who's, Absolutely. I think they have a little bit of high expectations for as well. Which is huge too because don't forget Trent Sherfield came from the Niners as well. So you're yeah. adding all these pieces from the Niners of people that are familiar with the system and people that have been around Mike McDaniels mm-hmm. to now understand, oh, this is the type of offense we're running. And that's, that's a huge benefit to them. Definitely. From a tight end point of view, I mean, Mike Kosicki playing on the franchise tag. He's going to get paid. Uh, he's going to get paid, but I, I worry that you better not get hurt. <laughs> I, I Well, listen, I think Mike will be fine from that perspective. He hasn't had too many injury histories. This could be the year, knock on wood. Hopefully it's not for his sake. Yeah. I But I think with all the additions, Mike Gusecki is going to have a a lot, is going to be a fantasy steal for, pe- for people this season. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the big uh, wide receiver in the end zone, right? He's going to be yeah. the red zone target for yeah. sure. Okay, let's switch sides to the defensive end of the ball. Brought everybody back, all 22 starters. Sorry, Javon, all, all, Joe, all 11. I'm expecting Javon Holland to break out here. I'm expecting a big season from him. He was good last year in his rookie year, but I'm expecting big things from him. I think Xavier Howard does Xavier Howard things. Yep. I think that he's going to be really mad that J.C. Jackson got paid more than him, so he's going to really go out and show out with a chip on his shoulder. I, I, I like what the defense is. I like where they stand. There's not really many holes. Uh, unfortunately for them, their defensive side too. Miami fell apart last year 
and them yeah. two were ranked in the bottom half of, of the 2021 season defensively. As I have this in front of me right now, Miami. Pardon me, one second. Uh, opponent points. Miami allowed 373 points, which yeah. isn't terrible, but it's you would great. like to see you would like to see that go up. I mean, as you go to the stingiest I, opponents, points are pretty high against, so they're kind of middle of the pack there, actually. I mean, to help that number, though, if your offense is actually staying on the field and scoring more points, that should theoretically balance it out. Balance it out. So hope, hopefully that swings in their favor. But I agree. They got to get a little bit more consistent on the defensive side of the ball. The, the, on top of that, the thing that killed them the most was third down. They allowed 40.8 of third down percentages to be completed when to, throughout that entire season last year, pardon me. Emmanuel Ogba is going to have a big season for them for sure. as well. For sure. Uh, okay, cool. So I want to get your, I want to get your thoughts on this. Who's your Who's your one fantasy sleeper on the Miami Dolphins? My one fantasy sleeper on the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if it's a sleeper because we already big this guy up, but I'm going with Cedric Wilson. I think he could be a steal. Everybody's going to want Waddle and Tyreek. We all know that. Gasecki's going to be the next big name. But Cedric Wilson on those weeks where you need a plug-and-play player, I think that's the guy who's going to shine. I like that. I'm going to – I got to go Chase Edmonds on here. Hmm. And I think the running back position has always been a fantasy plus for – Mike McDaniel, well, when Mike McDaniel was with the Niners, right. there was all like Raheem Mostert broke out. There was, um, oh man, what's his, what's his name too? The other guy they had a couple of years ago on uh, on the Niners. Yeah, it's like a three headed monster they had. Oh, going. it was um, Sheriff. No. Oh yeah, it was Trent Sherfield. Yeah. Uh, no. Nope. That's not what I'm thinking of. Okay, regardless, doesn't matter. They, like Niners have always had fantasy relevant running backs, albeit right. they do like to mix and match and, and kind of play the I'm going to call it the Bill Belichick. Which running back are we using this week? Yeah. But I'm going to go Chase Edmonds on this one. I, I think he has a, a big season. Couple that with you know the fact that Raheem Mostert will be breathing down his back. I think he's going to be running a little bit harder. You'll have him for at least nine games, too, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add on the Miami Dolphins side? No, I'm just excited to see what it actually looks like What, because we know how the speculation of things go from pen to paper. It doesn't necessarily transfer to the field. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what we get. Dolphins fans should be excited. That's pretty much it, man. I think they've had a very – pretty successful off season with the things that they've done to improve both offensive and defensively and just retaining all those players that they brought back. Yeah. I like you. I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see how it comes together. I'm kind of, I'm kind of intrigued to see how the two uh, Tyreek situation is going to unfold as the year goes on. I do think they're going to be up there in the standings. So like, I don't know about overall, but they're going to be fighting for top spot, I think, in the division. Fair, 
They should be. They they should be. They should be on paper. My only issue with them, I'm just a bit worried about the consistency factor, especially on the defensive side of the ball, like Mm -hmm. we kind of alluded to. And if things go sideways at the quarterback position, can they keep can they keep the train like on the tracks? You know, right? Or or will it be completely off the rails and mm-hmm. you know going into next season it's going to be a new quarterback um maybe even a new head coach depending mm-hmm. on you know what what the season like how the season goes i don't think so i don't think it'll be a new head coach either i don't think so either but i mean when sean payton's out there you always gotta listen fair enough and i don't know if tom brady is a Mike McDaniel fan. We'll say that. Let's let's go with that. All right? Like I don't I don't know. That's that's my only question. Like if Brady does decide to play one more year but not with Tampa, I would imagine that Miami Dolphins would be his first one of his first selections. Just a haunt bill. Burn him twice in Miami for all those L's they took there. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> All right, since we talked about Bill, should we go right to the the team, and... the, the team with a thousand questions around them? Okay, before we get into the whole what what do they what do they do in the off season and who they added, who we like, what's the situation right now with the offensive and defensive coordinator position? So they've taken to approaching this by not hiring an offensive coordinator or a defense coordinator. So what that lets me know is, one, Bill's going to be calling the defense for sure. Mm -hmm. But that offensive side, I mean, when we got into this a little bit, I started to look and not replacing uh, Josh McDaniels since he left for the Raiders. It seemed, which is mind-blowing to me, it seems to be that um, Matt Patricia was the one leading the offensive play calls. Yeah. At one point. So it seemed to be favorite to him. Maybe they're going by committee to do this. I don't know. I I question a lot, but then again, how do I question that coach? Yeah, I agree with you here. I got a thought though. Okay. Maybe this is Bill's last year. So he's letting it all hang and he's like, fuck it. Well, you know, maybe he takes a more of a personnel role or steps upstairs and handles more of the the management of the team. And from there, he can hire the coach that he wants and then they can hire the, the staff next year. I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box here because one thing I, I've learned about Bill Belichick is he's looking at things two to three years down the line, not right. just next year. So that could be a move that, Going forward, I, I could kind of see that making sense. Like if Matt Patricia takes a big step, you know, maybe he he decides like, okay, I need to get a coach, but Patricia's going to be the new offensive coordinator. Or maybe Matt Patricia blows him away at the point where he's like, I'm going to actually put you as the head coach and you can pick your offensive coordinator next year. Fair enough. I don't know. I feel like Bill's one of those guys who's going to do this till like he kicks the can. I don't see Bill 
Like Bill's True. like the Bill's like the old Italian worker that just can't quit. And if he stops, he dies. Like, yeah, I don't see him stopping. I just can't. However, there's a lot of holes in this Patriots offense and defense, and I'm still left scratching my head with a lot of what we're going to see. It's funny that a team that spent two years ago probably the highest total in free agency the following year follows it up by not doing too much, actually losing guys, not really adding. Well, not just that. I mean, you look at some of the guys that, like, okay, you lost Nikhil Harry, you added Devontae Parker. Weird trade, but I understand it. Yeah. You trade Chase Winovich for Mac Wilson. You trade Shaq Mason to the Bucks for a fifth-round pick. You trade Jared Sidham for a seventh-round pick to the Raiders. <laughs> I'm kind of – and then to top it all off, you have Devin McCourty who retires. Yeah. And the departure of JC Jackson. Like, there's a lot of holes that I'm like, I don't know how you guys rebound from this. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going to start. Let's start with the quarterback room, though. Okay. okay? So, you, like you mentioned, you lose that. Yeah. However, you still have Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. You have Brian Hoyer. And they have Bailey Zapp. Correct. What's your prediction for Mac Jones this year? Do you see him taking a step forward, lateral, step, taking a step back? How do you think his season will develop as we get later, well, get later into the NFL season? So this playbook one has to open up for the tight ends, 100%. I mm-hmm. think the running back room is stacked outside of everything. This is not so much to criticize Mac, Mac Jones. This is more so about Ooh. the weapons surrounding Mac Jones. Um, <laughs> This is more to question the things surrounding him because I don't know if how successful you can be with a Nelson Aguilar as you're still your number one receiver, Kendrick Bourne right behind him, Devontae Parker, who I don't know what we're getting out of Devontae Parker anymore. And Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of – there's like leaves more to be desired from that wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. I, actually, you know what's the perfect way for me to personalize this? This is like the Philly room of 2018. <laughs> I digress. We're not going into Philadelphia. I, digress. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, you want to elaborate? <laughs> uh, I, well, listen, there was no real stud wide receiver. There was, no, no, you could tell that. The, well, I mean, the only player on that roster right now that I'm looking at in the wide receiver room that creates separation is probably Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, because Parker's been banged up the last couple of years. I don't know if he has the same speed as he used to. Kendrick Bourne is super streaky. Yeah. I do like Jacoby Myers. I just don't think he's a huge threat. The one guy that I've got my eye on, though, for them this year, and I'm going to maybe mark him down as a sleeper, the problem is I really have a tough time trusting a Bill, a Bill Belichick wide receiver. Fair. It's Tequan Thornton. Okay. He's a second-round pick at 20, yeah, this year. And from what I've heard at camp, He's had some positive strides. I mean, obviously, it's it's a little too early to really judge him. Let's get a couple of preseason games under his belt, and then we'll really figure it out what his potential is. But from all signs, you know, pointing that he could be a guy that might take a bit of a step forward, mm-hmm. as maybe not at the beginning of the season, but as the season goes along. It's understandable too. I to as you mentioned the draft. Cole yeah. Strong, first round pick. 
A Cole Strange? It's Cole Strange. Pardon me. Yeah, it's all good. I, uh, Strange were you scratching? Were, were you, well, you were with me, so I saw your live reaction too, but how much did that, um, leave you scratching your head? I looked at you and I went, who? <laughs> so that just goes, you that just shows you where I'm going from here. I hope for their sake that they hit a home run on this one because this feels like a pick that maybe in a couple of years we're like, hey, do you remember when the we Pats took this? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, hey, you remember when the Pats took Cole Strange and everybody's like, yeah, that was weird and they passed on XYZ instead. I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a reach. I'm kind of surprised that the Patriots didn't move back if this was their player they were targeting unless you know, maybe somebody else had a first round grade on him as like, like they did. The offensive line, though, I, I'm not sold on it. I really like, okay, yeah, you have Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews. On the right side, uh, Mike uh, Owenu, Isaiah Wynn. It's not terrible, but. Yeah, but. You know what though, when it when it comes and, and I'll say this wholeheartedly, I'm not gonna shit on the Patriots with this. No. Their offensive line always seems to work out. Oh yeah. Oh always. You can tell by the production of the running game and how they thrive. I they figure it out. They figure it out. I'm not too worried about that. I'm just more so left scratching my head at the pick. To I and I'm probably more confident in that offensive line than I am in the defense right now as a whole. Yeah. For me, this offense though, just screams pound the football. Like hundred percent. It's an old school style of football where you're going to use quick passes to your wide receivers. When you get into the end zone or you, you need a big play, let Hunter Henry make that, you know, make the big catch. And then just keep pounding the ball with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. To to add to that, remember they added little Jordan Humphrey, mm, and yep, they signed too. and they signed Ty Montgomery too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, and James White's on the uh, pup right now. That's right. Which actually makes that Ty Montgomery signing a little bit more interesting at that point. However, even if James White's on the pup, you still have Ramondre Stevens. You have Damian Harris. We've seen what Damian Harris could do last year. So we know yeah. exactly how productive he can be when they lean on him. Mm-hmm. This will be an interesting time. Now, if I'm looking. I actually at, think Mac Jones takes a step back. I, I think, you know what I think Mac Jones is going to look like this season a lot more than we saw last season. I think he's going to be a lot more Alex Smith. Yeah, I agree. Just goes in there. He has a game script. Follow it. Check down, Charlie. Well, just don't turn the ball over. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, that's going to be his game plan. And it was somewhat like last year. I think they're going to allow him to take a little bit more risks than last year. I think they trust him a little bit more. I'm just not sold. He needs a weapon. I, I agree. I agree. I, he, need, he needs a stud wide receiver. Yeah, and Unfortunately for them, they, they struck out on them. I mean, I, I heard they were interested in A.J. Brown. Um, apparently, too, they also sniffed around on another big wide receiver. I can't remember who it was, but... I think they were looking at Debo at one point, too. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's what I read, but it just didn't come to fruition. Still could, but not yet. 
yeah, maybe in a late season move, they go out and try to find somebody. But I always find it tough to add a receiver mm-hmm. halfway through the year. Uh, maybe they go for Odell. You know, nobody's That's talking a possibility about Odell. too. That's a possibility too, since Julio's gone now. So, yeah. time will tell. All right, let's touch upon their defense here. I mean, this whole defense revolves around Matthew Judon, right? Correct. Interesting signings, though, too. Uh, I, I will say this. I know they lost uh, J.C. Jackson and uh, Devin McCourty, but they did bring in Jabril Peppers from the Giants last year, and they brought back Malcolm Butler on top of that. Yeah, another year for Kyle Duggar. So yeah. I think he's a solid safety. Devin McCourty, obviously, is Devin McCourty. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you, he, his resume speaks for itself there. Yeah. I'm just very underwhelmed about their corner right now. Malcolm Butler, Terrence Mitchell, and um, who's the third one on the outside? I forget. Oh, Jalen Mills. I want to make, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right now. And then they have uh, Jonathan Jones, who's on the pop in the nickel. Correct. So this, this could be an interesting tandem. It'll be I'm very curious to see how Bill makes this one work. I it's gonna be a committee. It's gonna I just be all don't know. Committee. I just don't because that's a ball hawking defense that they were last year. I don't know how you replace the replication of the stats that JC or what JC Jackson brought mm-hmm. by leaning on Jabril Peppers and um, Malcolm Butler again. Keep yeah. in mind their contracts very very friendly against uh, against them. Uh, Jabril Peppers was five mil, one point three five guaranteed for one year, and Malcolm. That's Butler a good deal. Two, That's a really good deal. And Malcolm Butler was two years, nine nine million with seven hundred and fifty k guaranteed. Yeah, they have a good team. They definitely have experience, so there's there's that going for them. What what's your thoughts on Lawrence Guy? On Lawrence Guy? Yeah, I. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know. It's. I know, but he feels like one of those guys that might just break out in this system. He, he <laughs> might be due. I just haven't seen enough. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a reason why I'm not talking more about Lone Sky. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a reason why. I just, I don't, I'm not thrilled by Lawrence Guy's production so far. I'm not saying it's been terrible. I'm just not no, over I, the I top with it, right? So yeah. This this could be an interesting um this could be an interesting year considering how much pressure they might have to get with their front just to allow their def- their DBs and safeties to thrive. For sure. Um another big change too is it's Nick Folk time. Full time. Full time, folk time. I did forget about this. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm not 100% sold on Nickel. Neither am I, but we've seen reasons why we shouldn't be already. Yeah. We've we've followed him throughout his career like another journey. Well, you know, most kickers become journeymen at a certain point. So we've just seen enough of Nick Folk to be like, ah, you guys can get by. It's just funny, though, like to me that, you know, through the Belichick dynasties, he's had consistency and a young kicker that he can kind of groom. And it just feels a little weird that he hasn't found an heir apparent to Gaskowski. Yeah, that's that's going to be the storyteller. And 
He may never, unfortunately. No, no. Unfortunately. There's not too many kickers that stay at the same, like, stay in one place for, you know, five plus years. Unless you're Justin Tucker. (laughs) Yeah, Adam Van Terry, baby. Uh, There you go. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, yeah. Also, also very interesting. They added to that running back room though throughout the draft. Uh, they drafted Kevin Harris in the sixth round, but more importantly, they drafted Pierre Strong, which is huge for them to pick up with James White on the pop. Yeah, that, those two guys sound like Bill Belichick type of running backs, where nobody's talking about them, and then by the time week six or week seven rolls around, everybody's trying to add them to fantasy. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I got nothing. I had nothing more to add on the Patriots side. I mean, for that, for them, I think it's just going to be them battling the Dolphins for the sec for second place. That's about it, man. And actually, I don't even have the yeah. Well, they're going to be fighting for second place because we already know who the clear first place will be to win this division. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but we're going to wait till before we come to that team. Yeah. All right. Jetsy's time? Jetsy's time. Boy, the New York Jets. I can't wait to talk about the Jets. There's some interesting headlines with the, when it comes to the Jets, though. That's why. So we know they were terrible offensively. They weren't terrible, terrible, but they were in the lower half of the league. Uh, they posted 5,200 yards offensively. Sheesh. Yeah. Keep that in, keep in mind though. The only there's only about ten teams worse than them, <laughs> not even five. Sorry. Oh boy. And those teams include the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the New York Giants, and the Houston Texans. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the Jets, but I will say this: they are going to have a very young team. And they have some intriguing young players that they added. That's for sure. Especially, I, I, I love their draft. I love their draft, by the way. Yes. I, I wanted to touch upon this. I thought they drafted very well. To be honest, they even waited for some players to fall into their lap, which worked out well for them. I think this year is going to start and end, though, with Zach Wilson. Agreed. I'm going to go on the, on the record right now on this pod and say that Zach Wilson's going to take a huge step. I agree with you there with, with those things that they've added. Go ahead. Actually, go ahead, please. Yeah, no, I exactly what you said. I, I think he has more weapons now. He, Brees Hall is a monster. Yes. I don't know if it's going to be a easy transition into the NFL for him, but I will say that once he starts finding his fate, and finding those holes, I can see him being one of the better running backs in the league. I'm I, I'm not joking here. He has all the tools and mechanics to succeed in this league. And now that Zach Wilson actually has a, uh, has some stability at the running back position, watch out for for play action because Zach Wilson can actually run. He can yeah. actually move out of the pocket and he can throw out of the pocket. So that's why smashing bombs and throwing bombs. Yeah. Yeah. We need a shirt. We need a shirt. (laughs) Smashing bombs and throwing bombs. Oh, man. I love it. Table at. Yo, we got to get that going. 
gonna be the two point culture's first official shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Smashing bombs and throwing bombs. <laughs> yeah, was just a picture of Zach Wilson. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I, I do like the things that they've added around him. Besides Brees Hall, I think they had a steal in the draft when they got Garrett Wilson on the Absolutely. offensive side of the ball. I'm not trying to diminish the value of Sauce Garner. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Wilson being there, signing CJ Osama. They did a lot of due diligence and a lot of work for Robert Sala this year. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what this roster looks like as they compete. My sleeper for them, Elijah Moore. Yeah, great, great, great sleeper, though. Great sleeper. I think he's a guy that, you know, you're looking until later ends of the draft uh, for fantasy. I would go out and grab him. He already has a developed rapport with Zach Wilson. Correct. Last year, I think towards the end of the year, I can't remember if it was the last five weeks or not, but he was one of the most dangerous wide receivers. I think he finished in the top five, if I'm not mistaken, for um, wide receiver points scored uh, in a 0.5 league. Holy moly. Yeah. So that's just a, that's just a guy that I would circle, highlight. Make sure you get him in your draft. That, that's the type of guy that you should definitely take a flyer on. Uh, especially in the later rounds. I'll give you a deep sleeper here. I think that, so we all talk about CJ Osama and how that was the huge tight end signing for them, but don't forget they signed Tyler Coughlin too, and they gave him a hefty contract. So I don't expect Mm -hmm. him to just be run blocking out there. I expect him to be catching, catching in the red zone a lot too. Definitely. Uh, Another guy too, that's kind of fallen on the depth charts, but like who knows what happens there is Denzel Mims. Oh yeah, that's true. eh? He's a big body. He uses his side, his size very well, but he kind of just gets lost in the shuffle. Now they added Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore broke out, and then couple that with the addition of Corey Davis, right? Correct. He's kind of in that four or five slot, but injuries will eventually happen, and he's going to be a somebody that they're going to have to rely on probably in the later half of the year. So. Just to get, just another one, too. And uh, Braxton Berrios is also there, which yeah. I completely forgot about. That's a deep wide receiver room to, to actually talk about it. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see those decisions, how they pay off going forward, how Robert Sala wants to choose to address his offense. The Jets have a better receiving core than the Patriots. I- agreed. Agreed. <laughs> 100% agreed. It's, it's actually funny to see on paper. Okay, from an offensive line point of view, though, I'm not huge on some of the names. I mean, Vera Tucker, and uh, if he's healthy and he's underweight, Beckton definitely are going to be a two-headed monster on the right side. But on the left side, I'm a little bit hesitant on Fanton Tomlinson. Fair enough. I also believe I saw that Mackay Beckton is switching sides. Oh, is he? Yeah, I believe that's Yeah, he's on the right tackle. Yeah, he's going to right tackle. That's what I said. Yeah, so exactly what I said. That Vera Tucker and Beckton on the right side should be stable. But I, I don't know about George Fant on left tackle. <laughs> Big question mark for me. That's okay because even on that right – well, we talked about Vera Tucker, right, already? Mm-hmm. But also coming to, to that offensive line is uh, Lankin Tomlinson from the Niners. They spent a good deal of money on him to protect his left guard spot, and 
that will allow, allow Elijah Vera Tucker the reason why he's able to go to the right side. I'm not a huge Tomlinson fan, to be honest, but let's be honest. The offensive line looks a lot better than it did last year. For the Jets. Absolutely. I'm, this division has some very intriguing teams. Like it, as you dig more and more into it, there's a lot of question marks, and I can't wait to see how this plays out. For sure. And, you know, as we're staying with this team, if we switch over to the defensive side, they've done a lot of good things too. So they bring back um, – LaMarcus Joyner, first of all. Huge deal. Then they go back and they sign, re-sign Nathan Shepard. Mm-hmm. And then the real, real steal for them, besides the draft of uh, getting Sauce Gardner because the Texans decided, hey, we'll go with Stingley. They signed Jordan Whitehead. Yeah. Yeah. So that secondary looks pretty good. They should be able to get pressure up front. Should be able to get pressure up front. Uh, they're Signed DJ Reed to complete that that backfield. Uh, I'm sorry, that secondary. This is just uh, they've done a lot of the right things, and having Joe Douglas make these decisions seems to be the reason why the New York Jets are going to be the team of New York again. I thought Jermaine Johnson was a steal too. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I totally forgot about that one as well. To pair him up with Carl Lawson on the edge position, yeah, that deadly. Watch those two guys fly around on the field. And then if you want to get really deep with it, don't forget they signed Solomon Thomas too to get, to come in as a rotational defensive lineman. Yeah, they, they have a really good team on defense. C.J. Mosley's no joke either, right? But right. let's not sleep on C.J. That's right. That's right. Give, I mean, he made his name in Baltimore a couple of years ago, so he's still got to live up to that hype a little bit. But mm-hmm. under Salah, I think that's the right player for that system. I mean, overall, definitely, I, I think the Jets improved, man. I, I think they're going to – I don't expect them to be contending, but I do expect them to cause a bit of a disturbance in the division. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be a two-win team this year. I'll give them four. <laughs> I, see, like, to me, like, four to five makes more sense, and – I'll give him four. It's also the second year where Zach Wilson has uh, a better understanding of that playbook. Mm-hmm. I'm also a big believer in Michael Flair. There's that part too, which is not talked about enough, actually. No, exactly. I'm not, listen, I'm not going to say that the Jets are going to make the playoffs or anything like that, or even challenge Miami, Buffalo, and, and New England. Right, but I, I do think that they can probably steal a couple of victories from one of those, or probably from all three of those teams, to the point where somebody's not getting into the playoffs because they lost the Jets. They, they, they could be a disruptor for sure, but I do, I do think that this. They, wow, we're about to have a full podcast where we don't shit on the Jets. <laughs> but Jets I, suck. <laughs> thank you. Now, now, now we're now we're balanced. Now we're balanced. <laughs> But I really do think that they're in a lot of – they're in an upgraded position from where they've been in the past is the best way to put this. They, they seem solidified. Well, the talk of New York. Right? They are. They are. Let's, let's be honest. Between the two, between the Giants and the Jets, I can clearly state that I have more faith in the Jets becoming a playoff team versus the Giants at this point right now. Correct. 
I, I'm right there with you. That's that's some of the moves that they've done. That's some of the moves that the Giants haven't done. We're not going to go into the AFC NFC East at all. So I'm going to leave my Giants takes out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's hold off on that one. Uh, but, curious, quick question for you, though. Yeah. Let's say you're in a bit of a, I wouldn't say a deeper league. Let's say you need to take two quarterbacks in fantasy this year. Would you consider taking as your quarterback to Zach Wilson? I would. At this point, I have no reason not to. I, I would highly entertain it, probably depending on what's available. But I think with the amount of weapons that are around him, he can be very successful. I do expect him to take a step forward with more consistency and understanding of the playbook. And the weapons around him just might be the right weapons. And not for nothing, Garrett Wilson went that high for a reason. So it, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be very, very interesting. The Denzel Milms compliment, the Elijah Moore pick the michael carters at running backs and corner it's funny we're not even we haven't even discussed Corey davis yet i know and that's that's the craziest part we, we didn't talk about Corey davis but i think it's because we we're underwhelmed by what Corey davis did yeah. last year yeah I, I think, think so that's too. i think i think we're a victim uh, victims of prisoner of the moment when it comes to him if they were to have grabbed a big wide receiver like a Debo, or if they end up making that deal for Tyree, would we be talking about them in the same, <laughs> in like the same area code as we are about, you know, the New Englands of the world right now? Would we be talking about a team that is potentially, you know, close or should be on the bubble of making the playoffs? I don't think so. Yeah, I think I, I think that there's a lot more speculation behind the Tyree kill to Miami thing. One because of the Miami, because of the amount of money that they paid him, and two, I think. Well, I mean, two is. I don't I, think he really wants two, to go to New York. I don't think he really wanted to go to the Jets. So no. yeah, exactly. So that's how we're going to end the Jets thing by that's just it. telling them that nobody wants to play for you guys. I mean, you guys got away with some good signings. I I was really upset that they got CJ Osama. But hey, it is, what it is. it is what it is. I can't, I can't hate on them for doing the right thing. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about the other team in uh, New York, and I'm talking about the state of New York. Thank you, because I was like, we're gonna, we really going to the Giants? No, <laughs> no. Let's go. Last team in this division. I think they're the head honchos. Let's go, Buffalo. Where do you get the Bills? I mean, what am I? What you? <laughs> The Bills were astounding last season. Absolutely astounding. Down to that shootout with Kansas City. Yep. They were obviously hindered. I mean, the thing that hurt them the most was probably losing Tredavious White. Mm -hmm. But I do also think that they reassured themselves in adding a player like uh, Elam throughout the draft. Mm-hmm. They got back most of their defensive starters. They went to the offensive side of the ball. We saw the threat. We saw the ascension of Gabriel Davis in that playoff game. So we know that Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox, and the addition of Jamison Crowder should be a fairly good offense. And then if you really want to get into like them throwing the ball, don't forget they added James Cook in the draft. Yeah. And let's couple that with OJ Howard at tight end. That part. Yeah. I forgot I forgot about that. Holy shit. Yeah, they went with the big boys with uh him and Dawson Knox should should be a good one A, one B at the tight end position. 
And, and we said, I said all of that. And you know what's the one thing, person I did not talk about? They added Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. added Vaughn Miller to that defensive line. Yeah. I, and this is no, I, I, I can't see the Buffalo Bills not winning the AFC by, by the roster. Yeah. By the roster. Um, it's, first of all, it starts with Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen looked like a complete, different quarterback last year he looked like he took another step and i'm expecting him to be even better this year (laughs) i I agree it's crazy it's not fair to have a guy that size move around that quick (laughs) now there is one thing that comes to question for me now with the buffalo bills we we as we've talked about the ascension of josh allen and all those players around him i do think that I do I do think that we're going to see something interesting here because now this is going to be Josh Allen with Brian Dable removed. True. True. I, I will give you that. But for me, I mean, the, the infrastructure is still there. And Ken Dorsey, he's still familiar with. So I don't think it should be too much of a culture change. shock. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right, though. This is something that is worth noting. Having Case Keenum as his backup too. And uh, Matt Barkley, I mean, those two guys have been around the game and they understand and see different def- or they have seen different defenses, I should say. That should also help Josh Allen. I, I think honestly on paper, like you said, I, I can't go against Buffalo right now. It, it does. We've seen what they've done. I'm sure Josh Allen carries vengeance for that coin toss. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I I understand that also, you know, it's overtime. The rules are the rules. The offense doesn't just play. The defense plays too. So we can't just say, hey, the offense got the ball first. I know it's a cop-out. It's a cop-out. The football is football. If you don't make the stop, you don't make the play. Yeah, I agree. In in an unfortunately offensively catered game. Right. However – it would have been nice to see him get one more chance. It would have been really great to see him get one more chance. Yeah. I I, I have high hopes for the Bills. I can't really knock them. I, I do think people, remember this, 15 minutes of fame is a real thing. We saw Gabriel Davis emerge. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the Gabriel Davis we see this season. No. No. But at the same time, too, he's probably put into a position where he'll, like, he has the opportunity now to do something. Absolutely. He, he is now the wide receiver number two on this team. Absolutely. And that's uh, split between him and Jamison Crowder. You also have Isaiah McKenzie. There's that. You're right. I, I will throw Isaiah McKenzie's name into this mix because him too, he's, he deserves to be there. And he's also a slot receiver, like through and through. So, Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little underwhelmed, though, that they didn't add another receiver to this mix, though. No, but that's probably why they went the route that they went with the running back. So, they still have a singletary. They added Duke Johnson to that room. And then James Cook with the draft. And James Cook in the draft. So, that could be – and if we've heard anything about James Cook is if anybody that's a running back runs routes like a receiver, it's James Cook. So, that'll be interesting to note as well going into the season. And that's why fantasy, uh, fantasy sleeper. I've got James Cook as my fantasy sleeper for the. I like books. that. I like that. And I would draft him 
yeah, I would definitely look at drafting him, especially if you're in a, uh, like you said, a 0.5 or a full PPR league. You highlighted my guy before. So I'm going to actually go with OJ Howard in this. I nice. think that besides run blocking ability, he's a good pass catcher. He's a big body. Good luck matching up with him with your slot corners. It's it's going to take some work. You think Dawson Knox takes a step forward? I don't know. I, and I say that a lot, but I, I I really don't. I don't know if we're seeing the ceiling of Dawson Knox. I don't know what the expectations are for Dawson Knox after last season. But nah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's kind of. I don't say he hit his ceiling, but I say we see about the same production as we did last year. All right. Yeah. And I only uh, think that I only think that because. The offense is the offense. I know Brian Dable's not there anymore. And outside of – they didn't really do much to add to that wide receiver room to open up uh, Dawson except for adding Jameson uh, Jameson Crowder, pardon me. Want to touch upon the defense a little bit, though? Yeah, let's go ahead, man. Uh, Let's let's talk defense here. You got Greg Russo. I'm expecting a bit more production on his end. Um, to pair him with Vaughn Miller, though, that's going to be scary. <laughs> that That's a nasty combo, and that is going to open up so much for them. I, I think the applied pressure, getting Tredavious White back, depending on how he looks with that after that ACL, and then getting Kyra Elam out of the draft, mm-hmm. first-round pick, that was a huge, huge pick for them. Uh, Michael Hyde has returned. Um, they 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 look like a scary team on defense. Matt. Jordan Poy is there. Yeah, uh, Tremaine Edmonds is a monster at linebacker. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I mean I can't talk. I can't hype them up any more than I have. The Bills are the Bills, and they're the to me they're the team in the AFC East that should win the division. I, I'm there with you too. I really think that. That it is there. It's just it's theirs to lose. Yeah, and that's why if I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on record right now. I'm going Bills one, Dolphins two, Patriots three, Jets four. Hmm. I'm gonna go Bills one. Damn, that second one though is a tough one. I know that's that's the monkey wrench. And you know what the funny part is? I can see that two spot being decided within like the last week of the season. Exactly. I, I'll I'll piggyback off of you. I'll go I'll go um, Miami 2. You know what? I, I don't believe in the Patriots as much as they should, so I'm going to put them at 4 and I'm going to put them oh! at four. I, I'm about to be killed for this. I know it's okay. It's crazy. I'm going to say I'm, I'll admit I'm wrong. I'll stand in my bias, but I don't shoot your shot. I don't think that the Patriots have done enough. I know there's consistency there, but I just don't think that there's enough there for them to justify winning the schedule that they have in front of them. I mean, we looked at their roster. There, there is holes that I don't think that they could fill. So, I mean, is it out of the question that they finished last? No, I don't think so. No, it's just, it's talent. And I know hard work is going to beat talent every time, but they don't have enough natural talent around them for to be built for success outside of that, probably the running back room. I just feel like we also might be overvaluing the Miami Dolphins, though. That's my only 
my, that's exactly it. My reserve is at the playbook. That's my reserve when it comes to the yeah. Dolphins. Yeah. Well, no, for me, it's more just his in-coaching ability. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very easy to design a playbook and, you know, go into the game saying, okay, we're going to do X, Y, Z. But now when you actually have to make the calls in real time and, and you know, manage the whole game, it, it sometimes the play calling aspect is taken away because you're trying to do something else and it gets hectic on the sidelines. So th- that's how I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to see how Mike McDonald's handles that. Yeah. I so we've so that's about it for the AFC East. Yeah, the the big beasts in the East, though, I think are the Bills. They're going to be the team to watch. I think in the AFC in general. I, I concur with you here. So before we go any further, Zach, let's just get this out the way now. Next week's another week. Who are we going to next? I think we got to go. Well, we went east. You got to go north here. So we're going to the north. This is going to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to couple this by saying that, Chase, I think we're going to be live for this one. I think we're going to be in the dugout or like that somewhere else, maybe another location to get everybody together to try to restore peace between the two insiders, we'll say. <laughs> Let's do it at the dugout, man. I'll, we'll get the squad out. I like that. I'll, I'll let them know right now. All right. Game time. do it all right little little comparison today we're going beers to tight ends this is going to be great this is going to be great i had a lot i had a lot of fun with the quarterback one this is going to be great though let's start it up who you got i don't know if i want to start up by bigging somebody up or shitting on somebody (laughs) start by shitting on somebody (laughs) Okay, and now, respectfully, <laughs> this is only into the lack of production that we saw from him last year. Okay. Jonu Smith. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even mention him when it came to the Patriots. <laughs> Jonu Smith was out here looking like a Bud Light. <laughs> oh, Ouch. A lot of production offensively, a little bit more used in the run game. He's like a paperweight of beer holders. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to start mine off. I'm going to start mine off with Hunter Henry. Okay. I'm going to go with... uh, I'm going to go with Corona for Hunter Henry. Okay. And my reasoning for this is he's smooth, he's light, and on a hot summer day, he just gets it right. <laughs> he's the consistent guy, right? He is the most, you know, he's not flashy. You know, you're not going to get drunk off the guy. You're not going to fall in love with him. But at the end of the day, you're just like, damn, Hunter Henry. He Came put through up once again. <laughs> Comes through and he puts up a solid stat line. That's what, that's what, that's where I'm going. Uh, all right. So we started with shitting on somebody. Let's give a little love. Usually, when I go to a bar more times than not, 
you know, there's always that first one that you refer to. So as we think of the NFL, usually we're referred to Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. That's usually the first name that comes up for Travis Kelsey. I don't know if it's just the bars I've been frequenting. Travis Kelsey's like a good old Heineken. Ah, I like it. Yes. Old, old reliable. Reliable. Can't mm-hmm. go wrong. Mm-hmm. A couple of them can get you in a good mood. Sometimes you have to get off of them and switch off, switch off. But, hey, you know what, Travis Kelsey, good old Heineken for you, bud. I like it. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with a guy who's a little bit more, I won't say underrated, but kind of slips between the tr- cracks. Solid to tight end. Very consistent. Actually had a hell of a year last year. I'm going to go with Mark Andrews on this Okay. One. Mark Andrews is a Samuel Adams. Oh, that's a nice one, actually. Yeah. Just I like that. Not a popular guy. Nobody really talks about him. But when it's on the menu, you got to have it. And that's that's Mark Andrews, right? Like if you see him and he in your fantasy draft and he's on your board, grab him. I like that. So, you know those days when you're coming off of a hangover and you need something to mix in with, like, like a light seas, like a breezer? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, I think the breezer, I, or I should say, the, my favorite beer that goes with the breezer is actually, okay. is actually Stella. Oh, I like the Stella. Yeah. So, Stella, like, you know, I like my German beer. So, yeah. I, can't, I can't go wrong here. But the person that I'm going to put in there, I'm going to throw Darren Waller up there, actually. Yeah. I think, I think the mix of Devontae Adams coming with yeah. to that offense, solid, disappears after a while, but <laughs> mm-hmm. whether, whether injury or other, but hey, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, something to consider there. So Darren Waller, you're, you're a good old Stella Artois there, my friend. Well, I like it. That's a good one. I'm going to, I'm going to Green Bay. For this one, Mr. Tunyon. I'm going with Robert Tunyon. And when I think of Robert Tunyon, he's a guy that, eh, does he jump off the page? No. Is he a very good tight end? Yeah. But one thing about him, he's cheap in terms of salary. Fair. Just a just a plug and play type of guy. Sometimes you just need that plug and play beer, exactly. And that's why I've got Paps Blue Ribbon for, for Robert Tanya. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Good old PBR man. Yeah, that's it. Like it's just one of those things where, sure, he's not expensive. He's not your shiny, you know, beer. He, he's not the guy that's. Um, He's not really a liger. No, no, no. He's just the guy that just gets it done. And that's that's PBR. And that's Robert Tanya. For for my next one, I'm not gonna go with just any beer. I'm gonna go with a lager here. Mm. If you know now, if you know me and Zach, as you do know me, mm-hmm. I'm Jamaican, right? So yeah. so so there's you know that flavorful punch from red stripe that comes in once in a while that you have to get right on a nice hot day. All right. So the red stripe. I, how, how do I not go with Dallas Goddard? I'm sorry. No, let me change that. I'm going with Mo Ali Cox. I think he's oh, underrated. Yeah, I think right. he's not spoken about enough in the market. I think he needs his just due. I think he will thrive this season with Matt Ryan. Go with Mo. I like that pick. 
Good old Mo getting some love. That's a good one. Good call too on the drink. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's deep into your pockets on that one. I like it. Um, so this one, I, I got to go with somebody. I'm going with Budweiser for this one. I'm going to start with my drink first. All-American? All All-American. <laughs> it's a party. You, you're We're going, going exactly, big. You're going going exactly big. where I was going to go with this. <laughs> Unfortunately, the guy who would usually fit this beer is no longer in this league because he's fair enough he's not the the party animal is he's gone he's done fair enough but when i think of budweiser i think of advertisements i think of a guy that you know marketing i think of recognizable like a recognizable figure in the tight end community and that's why i gotta go with tight end use founder george kittle for this one George Kittle's Budweiser, baby. We we I had the exact same train of thought with you on this. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. That's the one right there. All right, moving right along. Let's see here. Hold on. How many more you got? Oh, I can come up with a but. I can find one for every beer brand if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> this this doesn't have to end. Uh, okay, hold on. I got to go with a shitty one though soon, so it's coming. <laughs> Hold on, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with something good. I've got. Let me just run through here. Da, 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 da. Can't he's retired? Oh, how did I not think of this? Came out strong, very very strong showing last year. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, I think a DB learned how much he'll fuck you up real real fucking quick. <laughs> so. Going with Kyle Pitts. Nice. Kyle Pitts for the all-time classic is a Colt 45. Oh, that's a good one. Strong, strong, strong. Resonates in your mouth. You don't forget it. Yeah. Go down smooth. And by the end of it, you're like, what the fuck did I just deal with? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Good, good pick. Okay. For mine. I'm going with a guy in Arizona. I'm going with Zach Ertz. I love Zach Ertz, but unfortunately, he's on the wrong side of 30. Okay. He's not aging as well. That beer's not going down as smooth. It's not going down as smooth. <laughs> you can only take maybe one or two. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just keep going back to the well. Although, I will say about him, there are some games where he is very rich. He he's better than what you expected, and that's why I got to go Guinness on this one. That's a good one. That is a good pick. Can I have yeah. one or two of those? But after that, it starts to sit like stew. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, I'm too drunk. I need I need to get this guy off my team. <laughs> uh, Zach, I have, a, I have an interesting question. What was your first beer? Do you remember what your first beer brand was? Oh, man. Unfortunately, it was... Uh, actually, no, I do remember. It was a Coors Light. It was a Coors Light. Well, unlike that, my first beer was a Labatt. Oh, I was going to... Well, listen. A, bl- a good old Labatt, blue. The, the tall boy is the, uh, yeah. the 10 point, whatever. No, 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 no. Not this the was, this, this was This was just the cases of oh. good old blue. 
Not the Molson Dry. Not the Molson Dries. <laughs> not the Molson Dries. We avoided those for a lot of the time. Uh, somebody who reminds me of a classic and a staple at tight end. I really can't knock this player too much as mm-hmm. he's just thrived and thrived again. I'm going with Jared Cook. Nice. I, I think that's the best way to sum it up. It's not the first tight end you might think of, but he might be the first tight end you have to deal with. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Um, I'm going here. I'm going with some Blue Moon. Okay. Now, Blue Moon's not for everyone. True. It's a, as popular as it is, it's, it, it's got an acquired taste. I'll, I will say that it's kind of on the rise and that a lot of people are starting to talk about it, but for the most part, there is still a bit of like a, I guess a negative thinking around this type of beer. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. Oh, nice. Um, The negative though is who's throwing TJ the ball, (laughs) the team that he's on, but nobody really talks about TJ and he kind of just, gets by but yet if you look at his numbers they've steadily increased since he broke into the league and he's getting better and better he's not for everybody but i think hawkinson is definitely a good tight end and from a fantasy point of view i I think he's in for a big year i like that all right how's this so we've talked about all these tight ends we haven't there is one we haven't mentioned okay just like a beer that gets overlooked once in a while there too. <laughs> okay. I, I think the best beer to describe this person would probably be a Dosa Key. Ah, no, he's not the most interesting man in the world. Let me take that away. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go with, you know, there's a, there's a setting for where you can have a Bex. Ah, nice. There's, there's a setting for where you can have a Bex. Where you're not really trying to get on one. You don't really want Stella or Heineken all the way up, but you're just trying to get that nice little subtle coast. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. Oh, I think, nice. I think, I think that Dalton Schultz disappearing <laughs> off, <laughs> off of the possible roster of the Dallas Cowboys before it's all said and done. I think it's a, it's a, there's a setting for him. I just don't know if it's going to be in Dallas forever. Solid, solid choice. Solid choice in the backs there for him. Yeah, but good call, though. I, I don't know what's going on with Dalton Schultz. That's, that's a situation that I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better. And, and when's the last time you've seen somebody pull up with a case of X? <laughs> <laughs> True. True. <laughs> True. All right, I got two more here. Okay. So I'll go with one first, and then you go, and then we'll f- I'll finish it up. Right. So for me here... I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Cole Komet. Okay. This one. A young receiver, sorry, young tight end. Uh, not the most sexy team to be playing for right now in the Chicago Bears. There. A little bit of a. There's a little bit of turmoil. Sense of direction just doesn't seem to be quite lined up within the organization. However, you know, Cole Komet, 
he has times where he hits and then there's times where you're like, I just really don't want him. Like, I don't want him on my team. I just don't give me that beer. And for me, that's Miller Lite. Like, <laughs> I'm not a Miller Lite guy. And that's why I got to go cool from here. It, it's like, yeah, I could take him and maybe one, but don't give me the whole case. Like, don't give me a whole season of Cole Komet. <laughs> you get the runs from that, man. Like, that's not good. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, okay. This this also might be a perfect one, too. Okay. This player should be – was once renowned highly. Mm-hmm. And this beer is still probably taken in a lot. Both have lightened up or one of them is light, I should say. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a choice, but I think I think Jimmy Graham has to be associated with Nikolai Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I really do. I just, <laughs> at, at the standpoint of his career, to the lightness of the beer on a hot day. Like, <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, good call. <laughs> A good call. All right, I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end this game for me <laughs> on my end. Um, I mean, this one it has nothing to do with the player. It's just when I see Pat Fryer Moose, I think of moose heads. There Let's go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, that's how I'm ending my tight end game for beers here. What, what's who's your last one? You have one more. If I let me. Let me run through this real quick. Hold on. Let's let's freestyle this one. I got Modelo. You got Modelo? Yeah. What would you why would you put for Modelo? Maybe. Because Modelo's not like like everybody's gonna take the corona. Modelo's a nice beer. Everybody's gonna it's, take it's, the corona. Right. It's a little bit it. fancy. I might have to go with ooh. Is it Mike Kosicki? I, I thought, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Actually, that that is the one. I mean, we don't know really where he ranks. Maybe Tyler Higby, you could throw into that category too. Yeah, I was gonna go with Kosicki just because it's a little bit more on the high end scale. So, in terms of the franchise tag, yeah, it matches the total dollar value. If, but if at you, the same time, too, yeah. not everybody wants to pay for it. Yeah, there's there's that. If you really want to get funky with it too, you could also throw um. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that to Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to Mercedes Lewis just because he's he's tried, tenured, and true. Actually, Mercedes... Oh, by the way, the most in dry for me has got to be Evan Ingram. 100%. 100%. I just don't want him. <laughs> Get him away from me. I'll have the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think... <laughs> I think for... Hold on. I just had somebody in front of me too. That's funny. Forgotten beer in the fold. Okay, wait. No, we have to. We have to. We have to give Dosa Keys a just do though. Who's the Dosa Keys of, of tight ends? Oh, most interesting tight end in the world. It's got to be like an OG. It's got to be like a yeah. vet. So that might be Mercedes Lewis, actually. <laughs> might be. Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Out there in Minnesota. He could be a... 
you did the blue moon that was a good one too uh, as i'm just running through beer brands right now I don't know. for me disekis if i thought of disekis i would have thought of like okay how about this go one let's take a tight end all time okay for just for your disekis i gotta go like tony gonzalez or something like that tony g fits that mold antonio gates could be in there mm, yeah yeah even uh Callum Wint, no, I wouldn't go there. Shannon Sharp's too much of a wildfire to be there. He's a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> hand, hand, hand in my cup. Uh, ooh, I got this though. Coors Banquet. Ooh, nice. Dallas Goddard. Yeah, that's a good that's, one. That's the one. That's the one. Let's end on that note. Um NBA. Unfortunately, listeners, no news to report unless, as Chase mentioned before, uh, off mic, unless you guys want to talk about Jimmy Butler's hair. I don't. So <laughs> we'll leave or, it at that. Or Bo Cruz signing to the Raptors. <laughs> Yo, Hustle was a good movie, by the it, way. It was a great movie. I, I, I gave it some time and I was like, damn, this, is, this was a lot better than I expected. We'll it, say that. It was a great movie. I'm, I was I was impressed with the amount of the NBA uh, actually, Same. basketball talent across the board that appeared in that movie. Anthony Edwards might be the next like big superstar in terms of like personality. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I think he's there. Yeah. I think he's there. I just how long till him and Rudy Gobert fight is the question. But fifty games in, fifty. I'll give him thirty-five. <laughs> Uh, I'll give him uh, 35. I mean, he don't put no fear in my heart. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Music-wise, nothing really to report, I don't think. No, I mean, we discussed the Banks album a little bit last time. Gave it a listen. What'd you think? It was good. A little raw, like in some part, but like a good raw. Um, he sounds good, honestly. I, I've, like, I've actually enjoyed the last two albums that he's yeah. come up with, so. He's good, made so good, good to hear Tony Yeo on there. Yeah, there was a good little throwback. I like that. Just you know, where that's the game a, at? That's that's about it. Where the uh, game at? <laughs> that's 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 all right. Well, listen, game has an album coming soon, if anything. Actually, yeah. actually, I think he just dropped something with Hit Boy. I did not check that out. No, uh, maybe I'll give that a listen. I'm just double checking. Well, I think it was a pretty quiet week in music, music. i mean yeah. U- uzi dropped i feel like everybody tried to stay away from the beyonce album being dropped that, there's that too did you give that one a listen yet uh no it was very listen i'll i'll, I'll say this drake set the trench for the music that's about to come so that's what that album's like i did listen to the one that he composed okay it did feel like drake song like just the tempo was and the rhythm like i was like okay this is this is definitely drake's spin and beyonce tried to follow the i guess her his mannerisms of how he like performs it but i don't didn't really for me it didn't really fit but for some people i know that they liked it it's it's all right i mean it's gonna be one of those ones that i have to sit with i didn't really get to go in depth to it but yeah i'll revisit that eventually I think outside of that, there, I don't know of any other, the next big artist that's coming. No. I feel like everybody's touring right now. 
Yeah, that's it. Well, like like we said, everybody cleared out of the. Oh, uh, Joey Badass, great album actually, you put out last week. Mm, okay, I'll give it a listen. I, I will. I will recommend that. I think it's called 1988 or 2000. One of those two, but it's a, okay. it's a good album. A good album. Okay, I'll give it a listen. And for the listeners, Chase is off to Oceaga tomorrow. That I am. I, I'm excited to see St. John. I think that'll be good. It'll be interesting to see Corday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I know my stepdaughter wants to see Dua Lipa. So that's going to be at the, the closer <laughs> probably, but uh, I'll see where I am at that point. Uh, I, I can do without the MGK factor. Yeah. That's okay. That's where you can go and catch some Z's or you go grab a drink or something. Like yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, seems just, like the turnout has been pretty, pretty well. And I feel like music festivals are back. Uh, it's awesome. One of my friends also went to tomorrow. And so it's been, it's been back. It's popping again. Actually. Yeah. There is a lot of new music that came out and we just didn't see it because you have to go through everything through, through Apple, mm-hmm. but we had, um, so Little Uzi put out an album. You have Mac Miller's I Love Life, Thank You. Okay. I did give a couple of songs off of that a listen. I, I haven't even visited it yet. Coming up, we have... Um... It's Deep. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, again, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod before. Like, When it comes to artists that pass and then like music gets released, I always wonder, like, is that exactly how they wanted it to sound or how they want it to flow and you know for me it's a bit of a touch and go because i don't know where these songs were in terms of development before he like he passed right like, right it's not like he passed and then it's like oh the album dropped a year later so this is what he was working on like i don't know there there might have been a reason why he was holding some of these songs yeah you're absolutely right and some of those verses probably might not have been meant to be heard so mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, a Wiz Khalifa album that came out. Which, Man, I miss uh, I'm, the love I'm, I'm very curious to hear it, what Wiz has been up to. So there's that. And yeah, that pretty much sums up the music that's been out up to date. I don't know what August has in tour in chance for it, but everybody's touring now that Beyonce's out the way. I expect to see a lot more come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to ramp back up once we get into September. Yeah, exactly. Well, with that being said, this is the Two Point Culture, and we are out. Deuces. Boom.